Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. If you're part of our uh, physical family right here in Tampa, Florida, where this uh, broadcast is originating, we thank you for joining us this morning. And if you're part of our Internet family, uh, growing family as I understand it, anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, thank you for being with us today. As we go to the Word of God, as we begin to be instructed by the Word of God, inspired by the Word of God, and, and, and as we begin to grow in Christ. Amen. You know, we're living in a time when immature Christians who are not devoted and committed to Jesus uh, are in very, very serious danger. Amen. This is a time when the Bible said it will escalate to the point that that day, the day of the Lord that is soon coming and the day of Jesus soon appearing shall not come except there come a falling away first. Amen. And then the Antichrist is going to be revealed. There's, can, we can speculate, but that's the best we can do. Uh, we can talk about uh, who he might be and where he may come from, but we cannot designate him because there is some things to occur. And one of those things is beginning to occur right here and right now in this time in our world and that is the falling away this is not a time to be falling away from god this is a time to be coming closer and closer to god jesus is coming soon dear friend and you need to you need to grab a hold of god and hold on to him uh, and and let everything else go that stands in the way between you and him the thing that will hold you to him is not just your resolve to stay true to him it is your love and devotion for him amen the scripture said that he he has he has he has loved us in a very particular peculiar way even in the old covenant he loved his covenant people in a very intimate and personal way. Let me say something about the gospel before I announce the title of this message today. The gospel of Jesus Christ is an invitation to a royal wedding. To be saved doesn't just mean having your sins forgiven so you can go to heaven. It means reconciliation with God. And reconciliation with God means that we are brought into His royal family. We're accepted in the Beloved and we're clothed with His own righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. Hence, the title of this message is The Glorious Bride of Christ. The Glorious Bride of Christ. Now you say, who is that? Well, it's the church. It is this, it is believers who have trusted Christ as their Savior, repented of their sins, and been born again by the Spirit of God. Amen. This is not a denominational thing. This is a relational thing. It's not about being in the right church. It's being baptized into Jesus Christ. Of course, if you're not in a church that teaches you how for that to occur, amen, then you need to begin to look around and 
and find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you, you, you do not want a false sense of security and not be ready for the coming of the Lord. You want to know that you know that you know that you are a child of the King today. Amen. Let me make a statement to you today uh, on this message, the bride of Christ, the glorious bride of Christ. Amen. Who, who would have thought that the church with all of its flaws, all of its faults, and all of its hang-ups could be brought into a relationship positionally and, and then brought into a personal relationship, amen, spiritually with God through Jesus Christ that we could be called the very bride of Christ. Amen. Now, you know, God loves the church. Uh, we, we admit our shortcomings. We need to do, in fact, we must do better than we have been doing in showing uh, the world the kingdom of God and the king of that kingdom, Jesus Christ. But friend of mine, as we are being perfected, amen, and we are being prepared for his coming, we need to love him back for loving us. The only thing that's going to hold you close to God during this time of beginning of the falling away, the beginning of the end, friend of mine, is that deep, devoted love, that reciprocal love. The Bible said we love Him because He first loved us. So it's not just a commandment, thou shalt love, that causes us to love that committedly. It is what He's done that we might be able to keep that commandment in giving His Son and through giving His Son, giving Himself for us. How could God become the creator and the judge of all flesh. How can he become the lamb that is sacrificed for us? Well, the scripture really begins to unveil that mystery because it says, to wit, God was in Jesus Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Where did that great act of grace occur? It occurred at that old rugged cross. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. <laughs> Hallelujah. Friend of mine, what a revelation of the love of God. You see, God has always wanted to be personal and intimate with His covenant people. The Bible portrays that relationship between God and His people with, uh, with images that are so astounding. Like God is the potter and we are the clay. Christ is the shepherd and we are the sheep. Also, the Bible says of God Himself in the Old Covenant, amen, that we are the people, uh, we are the sheep of His pasture, and we are the people of His hand. <laughs> Christ is the Master, we're His servants. Well, here we, we can come in the house anyway, as, as John Eldridge comments, and I want to quote him, even if we have to wipe our feet, watch our manners, and not talk too much, servants can come in the house. But you know what Jesus said in John 15? He said, he said, I've not called you servants, I've called you friends. Even in the old covenant, God wanted intimacy. Abraham was called the friend of God. Hallelujah. This is personal relationship. This is not just dead 
lifeless religion. This is a living hope, a living, a living, a loving relationship with God. Hallelujah. Amen. There are a number of passages in both Old and New Testaments that take our relationship with God to a new level. We are God's wife. In the Old Covenant, we are Christ's bride in the New Covenant. Let's look at at this intimacy in the Old Covenant with God. Isaiah declares, as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your God marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. That's in Isaiah 62. One through five. We're going to read that in context. Amen. God rejoices over you. There's a scripture that says of how he relates to his covenant people in the old covenant that said he will rejoice over you with singing. Amen. You know, singing to God is our worship service, singing love songs to Him, praise songs, songs of adoration to Him, and songs to bring glory to His name. Amen. We do that in the Sunday morning worship service. But to think of God singing over us. Have you ever considered God singing a love song over you and me just because we've come to Jesus as our Savior and now we are the sons and daughters of God Himself and destined to be the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ? Let's read this in context in Isaiah 62, 1 through 5. Oh, by the way, do you have on your shouting shoes this morning? Are you ready to, <laughs> amen? Are Are you ready to give God glory and praise and worship for all that he's done and is doing and is going to do for us as his children? Listen to how God speaks about his covenant people in the old covenant. It said, for Zion's sake, Isaiah 62, 1 through 5, for Zion's sake, will I not hold my peace? And for Jerusalem's sake, will not rest. Until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof is a lamp that burneth. Kind of, kind of identifying how we are the light of the world. It's because we're walking in, 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 in tune with a, and in sync with a different kingdom than the kingdoms of this world. And, and when you do that, it'll bring you persecution, but it will also, all those that live godly shall suffer persecution. That should be a badge of authenticity. We shouldn't be trying to court the world. Amen. We, we should be living and loving Jesus Christ today. Listen, I want to read that again. There's a lot in this. Let me back, let me slow down just a little bit. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until right, the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness. Hallelujah. And the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. Jesus taught the parable, no man lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel, but lifts it up that the whole world might see. I believe God wants the whole world to see his glorious bride before the coming of the bridegroom for her, Jesus Christ. Listen to verse 2 in the Gentiles. 
shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate. For thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah. For the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. Hallelujah. And there's the scripture we just quoted, and now in context. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. The word has hepzibah. It means my delight is in her. And the word Beulah simply means married. I want to read this from a paraphrase. It says, Never again will you be called the forgotten city or the desolate land. Your new name will be the city of God's delight and the bride of God. For the Lord delights in you. Glory to God. You know, the Bible said, delight thyself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart because if you're delighted in Him, you, you, you delight for His will to be done more than your will. <laughs> Hallelujah. You want God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. More than you want your will to be done. Friend of mine, but to think of God delighting in us. In the parable of the ten virgins in the New Testament, Matthew 25, is the story of a bridegroom coming for a bride. Those redeemed by the blood of Christ in the New Testament can be truly called the bride of Christ. The Apostle Paul used this marriage analogy in his letter to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 11 and 2. He says, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. How, how's, how's that going to be? How can that be? How, how can that be? Amen. How can we be presented in that kind of pristine perfection when there's no possible way to achieve it in and of ourselves? It's something that God has made a provision for us. <laughs> you know, when you got saved today, when I got saved today, God, Christ didn't just take our sins so we could be forgiven upon Himself. He didn't just take our our robe uh, uh, that is stained uh, with sin and pay the penalty for those sins. He gave us his robe of righteousness. And you know what that's called in the New Testament? It's called a wedding garment. Amen. Remember when someone tried to come to a wedding without the wedding garment in the parable about the wedding and the wedding garment? They, they came and, and, and the Lord of the wedding said unto them, said, how be, how, how dare you come here without a wedding garment? Take that person that's so dishonoring, uh, the wedding that cast them into outer darkness. What, what a severe thing for just not being dressed right. Amen. Well, do you know what this is symbolic of? The wedding garment is the righteousness 
of God, granted to us because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. In ancient Jewish weddings, to make sure everyone invited to the wedding, even the poor people invited they couldn't afford the garments that would be necessary to be to get to be honor to honor the bride and the groom amen they sent them the wedding garment it was provided to them there was no excuse for not having one on because it was bought paid for and delivered to the person that they might wear it to the wedding amen today god's made a provision For every person on this planet, for God so loved the world, this fallen world, and he loved those sinners in the world enough to give his only son that we might be given his righteous robe to wear to this royal event that is coming, the marriage supper of the lamb and the royal wedding between the bride and the bridegroom. Even in Hosea, this kind of language is talking about it. It says in Hosea 2.19 and 2.20, And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. (laughs) And I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. Amen. God is working a mighty work of redemption and reconciliation through Christ's sacrifice and his shed blood. Amen. And there's a, there, listen, in Ephesians 5, it said God's, God loved the church. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he might present it unto himself, a glorious church. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's why I'm talking about the glorious bride of Christ. I know we're a mess sometimes. I know we're a mess as far as our our representation of the kingdom. We're not real good at it, and we, we should be ashamed and get better at it. Amen? But I'll tell you what we are. We are. We are the glorious bride of Jesus Christ. If you are born from above, if you've repented of your sins, been, been born again, <laughs> hallelujah, received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have been baptized by one spirit into one body. I know the Christian faith is fragmented by many denominational walls. Amen. But friend of mine, I want you to know there is a true church. And there is a real, genuine body of Christ. And the Bible said not only are we His body, but we become His members in particular. Glory be to God. This is a, this is a genuine, real thing that is occurring. Amen. When we become the bride of Jesus Christ, and He is the bridegroom coming for the bride. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's look at this. In Revelation 19, 5 through 9, it said, And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, that ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord omnipotent reigneth. 
Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife, you can see the, the, the wife in the Old Testament, the bride in the New Testament coming together now. Amen. In this, this absolute consummation of the salvation plan. Let us be glad and rejoice. Listen, I know we're in tough times. Uh, they may get tougher. They will get tougher. I'm going to go ahead and say it, not prophetically, but just realistically. Amen. And biblically, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The godly are going to suffer persecution. It's going to, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it's not going to get better until Jesus comes. But thank God he's coming soon. Somebody say hallelujah out there. Somebody say amen out there. He's coming soon. And not now he's preparing a glorious bride. Hallelujah. And he's going to present her to himself, worthy of himself. Because of the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let us, uh, it's time to be glad and rejoice. You, you can't get through a time like this without becoming just as discouraged as the world if you don't look at this time as the preliminary to the coming of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And you see the negatives that are occurring right now bringing a powerful positive, and that is that when he comes, we're going to go up to meet him in the air and go back to the Father's house with him and come back with him to rule and reign with him. Hallelujah. Amen. So let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. Hallelujah. And to her was granted, there's the wedding garment, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Hallelujah. Amen. We have been called to the marriage supper. We have been spoken for. We are espoused through the gospel of Jesus Christ by responding to it to one husband. Amen. And as the beauty of the bride is described, we must not fail to observe that the description is really the beauty and glory of the Lamb. Her beauty is in his beauty, which he hath put upon her. His wife hath made herself ready, you see, and was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for fine linen is the righteousness, righteousness of the saints. The bride prepared herself for this glorious event. His wife had made herself ready. What does that mean? How do we make ourselves ready for heaven's glory? She has willingly, of her own accord, given herself to Christ to be his forever. 
You see, this is not just old sinners having their sins remitted and therefore we just toddle around down here with the grave clothes of the old life uh, just giving in to the weaknesses of the flesh and and allowing the devil to have ground in our life no 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 we are called to something so much greater than just having our sins forgiven we are called to become the glorious bride of a glorious groom jesus christ she has come out of babylon put <laughs> and put away from herself the corruptions of the great harlot she has washed herself from all uncleanness in the fountain of his blood and she has put on the lord jesus christ by faith hallelujah the bible said put off the old man and put on the new man when we put on the new man we're putting on jesus christ his character the fruit of the spirit developing in the life of a believer is nothing more or less than the replication of the character of christ in the life of his child and his children praise god but notice her gorgeous apparel was given to her as a free gift of sovereign grace, a royal grant. It was granted to her from the king of heaven. You see, this is this ancient Jewish wedding all over again. The wedding garment so that no one was dressed inappropriately that it might dishonor the event. The wedding garments were sent by the host of the wedding to everyone invited to the wedding. If you got an invitation to the wedding, a wedding garment was sent to you. And there was no excuse to come to the wedding dressed inappropriately. And there will be no excuse, amen, on the day of judgment for not having on the righteous robe that has been granted to us through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Because when we repent of our sin and receive Christ as our Savior, He takes our robe, our guilt, our shame, our sins, the sin-stained robe, and He wears it to the cross, and He is punished for those sins that we committed having no sin Himself. And He gives unto us, this is the glory of salvation. We not only are forgiven from our sins, we are granted His righteousness. Hallelujah. We put on His sinless, spotless robe while He wears our sinful, sin-stained robe to the cross and he's nailed to it and he's punished and for six hours in pain beyond anything imaginable by us he writhes fulfilling the prophecy of him in the old covenant i'm a worm and no man he writhes on the cross as he pushes up to get a breath and then in the pain of pushing up he slumps down once again causing his chest cavity to to tighten and and begins to suffocate and has to endure the pain of pushing up and dropping down and pushing up he's writhing on the cross like a worm on a hook oh dear god in heaven what kind of love is this 
What kind of devotion does he deserve? He wants a heart that falls in love with him. Because a heart in love with him will be a heart that he can cleanse. A heart that wants to be free from that that will pollute and that will, that that will bring dishonor to him. Praise God. Listen. All that this bride wears was given her. She brings nothing of her own and wears nothing of her own. In fact, there's altogether the grant of heaven. Amen. The garment she wears is the righteousness of the saints. And all the righteousness of the saints is the righteousness of Christ that is given to us by God's almighty grace. Amen. That doesn't mean there's not a personal walk. That doesn't mean we're not called to holiness and sanctification. It means that the initial righteousness is a God-granted positional righteousness. It's the righteousness of our pardon. It's the righteousness of our justification and acceptance with God by granting us Christ righteous obedience to us. Amen and our disobedience to Him on the cross. It's a righteous robe. (laughs) It's a, a righteousness of our new nature, the righteous nature of Christ imparted to you and me in regeneration. You know, the Bible speaks of exceeding great and precious promises, and I'm reading them right now. Amen. That by these exceeding great and precious promises... And I'm reading these right now. Amen. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises. By these we become partakers of His own nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This is a greater promise than deliverance from cancer. I was healed of cancer. What a promise of healing. Thank you, Lord, for the promise of healing. Thank you for the promise of help when I had a stroke and I could have been debilitated. I could have died, but God left me here. He healed me in two and a half days without any residue, and that was ten years ago. Hallelujah. God is good. Thank you, Lord, for the promise to provide for us. That's a great promise that you would meet our needs according to your riches and glory. Thank you for the promise of victory over the devil and the promise of heavenly armor to defeat him. Thank God for these promises, but they are not top shelf. This is top shelf stuff whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be, they all point to this, partakers of the divine nature, (laughs) having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Glory to God. Listen, the church that he's coming for is a church without spot, without wrinkle, without any such thing. Amen. Hallelujah. This, friend, is the gift of God through His wonderful, amazing grace. No wonder the song was written, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Oh, dear friend of mine, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, 
you don't have on a wedding garment, you can't, you can't come to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You are invited. You are invited. And He's offering you right now a wedding garment. He's offering you a wedding garment. As the New Testament puts it in the book of Revelation, that the shame of your nakedness would not appear. He's offering you a cleansing. He's offering you a covering. Come to Jesus today. Run to Jesus today. Be ready for the coming of Christ. Be ready to escape the wrath to come. Right on the heels of the coming of Jesus, the great tribulation will break upon the earth. But we're not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. Because we, as His covenant people, are the wife of God, spiritually speaking. And we, as new covenant believers, have become the betrothed bride of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, Christian today, don't soil your wedding garment in the sins of the flesh and the sins of this old world. Sanctify yourself unto God. Amen. Live that separated, sanctified life. You will never be sinlessly perfect, but you will be perfectly kept by the power of God as you live each day endeavoring to serve and please Him and not yourself, not the world, and not the devil who tempts you. Hallelujah. We love you today. Let's get ready for the soon coming of Jesus. Amen.